It is draft day here in the NHL, and we have got one more draft profile for you. We are talking about Pavel Minchikov today on Locked on Blue Jackets. Locked on Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Lockdown Blue Jackets, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am, as always, your host, Jay Foster, here to bring you all of the news, the stories, and uh, everything draft-related about your favourite team and mine, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Now, like I said, it's uh, it's draft day, which is very exciting. Uh, we're going to be bringing you a ton of draft coverage here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Uh, before we get started with that, I want to thank everyone for making this your first listen of the day every day. Locked on Blue Jackets and all Locked on shows are free and available on all podcast platforms and also over on YouTube. So uh, make sure you have subscribed wherever you want to enjoy this show. Like I said at the top of the show, we've got one more draft profile for you coming up before the draft hits your TVs later today. Talking to Sam McGilligan from uh, McKean's Hockey, all about Pavel Minchkov, who is the player I drafted 12th overall in the uh, locked-on mock draft. So I'm excited to get a little bit more information on him for you all just before the draft starts today. So I'll just get right into it. Um, Yeah, I want to talk about uh, Minchkov Minchikov. now, because he is who I took 12th overall in the locked-on mock draft. Um but I'm sure you can tell us in way more detail and in way smarter words than I can. Who is Minchikov as a player? What is his scouting report? Quite literally the opposite of Kulik. (laughs) (laughs) Not the complete opposite because I don't think I actually was, and this is something I just realized at the end of the season. I was pleasantly surprised that Minchikov was a better physical player than I expected. Um, But where do you want to start? Offense or defense? One's really good. One's really not good. <laughs> let's uh, let's start with the bad and then go to the good. Okay. Um, the defensive game is a problem. I will start right away by saying the offensive game is so good that the risk of taking him, like the defensive flaws is baked into the price already. Like if you're getting him 12th overall, the reason he didn't go higher is because those defensive flaws exist. If we all had security in projecting Michikov's offense to it, just like just an NHL serviceable grade. I'm not even saying average, just like a serviceable grade. He moves up to be almost a slam dunk top 10 pick. And like, that's the optimistic side of his defense, because as it currently exists now, you have a huge problem. He is uh, a puck watcher for one, which is really not good on defense because you need to be, you know, kind of preactive in your movements instead of reactive. There's always a level of reacting because you're not leading the dance when you're a defender. Someone's attacking you. You have to play off what they give you in terms of information and make your plays off of that. So there's always some level of reaction, but you need to be able to like position. You need to be able to read it ahead of time as much as possible to react properly. Minchigov can do it sometimes. There are some plays where I'm just like, okay, well, he's not defensively hopeless. Like he's, he's not defensively hopeless because he has shown when he's in the right position 
and the play is in the right spot at the right time, and you know everything kind of works out. He's really apt with the stick. He can enter board battles and come out with the puck, and just a hint the offense. So if he comes out of a board battle with the puck, good luck to the forward who needs to get it back. He'll shred them into pieces. Um, he has some really big issues in terms of positioning, I think. The rush defense people have kind of harped on the gap control problem. I'm never too one to focus too much on gap control because I feel like that's something you can re- you just be like, hey, dude, stop giving them so much space. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I feel like if, if they don't have the mobility or the tools to do so, then you've got a problem. But Minchikov does. He's a mobile player. He can skate backwards pretty well. Not as he, he's fine with this. His stick work is more than apt. He can get baited really easily sometimes, though, which this is not a, this one shouldn't be as much of a detriment against him. It's more so kind of like a comment about junior defenders in general. He, they're all susceptible to just being baited. Like defenders kind of have to scale with the level that they're at. So he plays defense. And he's learning defense for major junior level right now, while the major junior level players are already kind of more familiar. It's easier to implement how to attack than it is how to implement how to defense, because like I said earlier, like they're the ones leading the dance. So that it's on their conditions, however they want to set it up. The defenders have to learn and adjust. And then they learn how to do adjust, and then they move up a level, and then they're just like, God damn it, the attackers are doing it differently now. <laughs> they got faster. They got stronger. They, they got, got faster, faster. They got stronger. Their timing is better. Their team movement within the team is better. I, and everything doesn't work again. Now I got to learn it all over again. And then rinse, repeat as you move up the levels for not all of them, but quite a few of them. And I think Michigan's going to be that type of player. I also think he will work it out, which is why I was lower on him almost all season long because I, I really watched the defense and saw concerns. There were just also notable stretches. This might have turned out to be a sampling thing because I've talked to people who said this wasn't an issue all year and they have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. I saw games where his in he was just inactive, even offensively for too long, and the defensive inactivity and then just the lack of defense, like dominant defensive impact in general. It was just staring at him. It's like he has moments that are as brilliant as you can find in the draft, but it's not consistent by any means, by any way, shape, or form. And it made him a tough, a tough projection. So he was mostly in my 20s all year. He's now moved up to like the late teens because I don't, I think the defensive game will work out, but I don't think it's going to work out to the point where Minchukov gets complete freedom in the NHL. He seems like the type of player where all of the fans will be yelling at the coach to play him more, but they're not picking up on the small defensive lapses he has. The The margin for error that he has in the NHL is so small. And he's not like he, there are defensive fundamentals that exist, but are not refined whatsoever for junior level to the extent that they need to be where you can look at him and go, well, I can at least see it kind of all coming together. Like I'm making an educated guess based on trusting uh, one of the few times I've trusted other people's opinions this year more than my own on a player because I'm now starting to think I had a really weird sample with them. And based on the fact that everything I've seen earlier in the year does not line up with what half of the people I've talked to have seen. This makes Minchikov a bit of an interesting case in general. One of the riskiest selections, just bar none, you can find in the top 15. I don't think this should be much of an argument either like there are some people who think he's a lot safer 
their theories are probably based on a bunch of details that I'm not privy to, or they're focusing on areas that I wasn't focusing on when I was watching him because I, or maybe a bit of it is just like hopes and dreams. Maybe. I don't know. Um, there's a lot you need to fix with him when in terms of that. Coming up in a minute, I've got more draft news, more talk with Sam about Minch Calf. But first, I've got to tell you about Built Bar. Because from the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift to your taste buds. You've probably tried the amazing coconut brownie chunk Built Bar. But guess what? Your friends at Built, my friends at Built, have given us coconut brownie chunk puff. That's right, the coconut brownie chunk Built Bar you love in a deliciously chewy marshmallow Form, covered in 100% real chocolate. It is like a big, fluffy, delicious cloud of coconut brownie goodness. But here's the best bit. They're good for you as well. They are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-delicious. They are only here for a limited time, so go to Built.com right now to make sure you don't miss out. They're going super fast because they taste amazing. Delicious coconut, rich, sweet brownie, creamy marshmallow. Get to Built.com to order your box of Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Puffs right now. And if you use promo code LOCKED15, that is L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, you can get 15% off your order. Once again, that's promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com for 15% off your order. Let's talk about the good, though, because that's fixable. What isn't? is teaching him to do what he does best. Because what he does best is damn near best in the draft level. Might not even be for defensemen, but just in in terms of like tight space manipulation with the puck, his escapes are out of this world. They're so good. He can... He's damn near impossible to read because he's so slippery. He's so shifty. He can find soft spots in the offensive zone all the time. And if he gets space, it's it's exactly what I just said about him being on disadvantage of defense. Now it's the opposite. Him in space leading the dance. It's so easy to be baited into doing something dumb. It's so and because it's not dumb. That's the thing. Minchikov sets up his plays in ways where the defenders aren't doing dumb things. They have to respect what he's doing because if they don't and they're trying to like giga brain it and go, well, he's his body says he's doing this, but I think he's going to do this. He set everything up in a way so well that he can just cut outside and then destroy you on the outside because you didn't give him attention there. And he can cut to the net and he can score it or he can no look past it through a different guy or he can straight up just find the weak point in the defensive structure and just demolish it just fly through it with the puck and attack. And the second everyone has to start adjusting, pass through them. Like he thinks the game on this level so well that, I mean, that, that ceiling of his is extremely enticing. Let's just put it that way. Like if you're looking yeah, for high level, very much a high risk, high reward type player, yeah. which feels very on band on brand for the blue jacket specifically. Yep. And I think if you guys can get safety with one pick, I wouldn't be surprised if you double dipped with like Yurichek and Minchikov. And I think it works out because they both are, Yurichek is risky and like for the reasons we talked about last time, risky, but I think it'll work out. Minchikov is legitimate risk, but if you're confident it will work, then 
you've got one of the draft steals because he's going to be a point producer. He's going to be a power play monster. He can be a transitional beast. Like he's the type of guy that if oh, it comes down to if open space is available and Minchikov can get into open space with possession of the puck, you're screwed. <laughs> kind of. Like I, I don't know if it will scale all the way up to the point where when he's going up against the Victor Hedmans, the Adam Foxes, and the Kale McCars of the world that this will work because those are the Victor Hedman's Adam Foxes and Kale McCars of the world. <laughs> but that's such a high standard that the point it is almost a moot point. It's like, well, almost every player in this draft is going to get torched by those three defensively anyways. Like there's nothing like those are three of the, it look who they are. Right. Is right? like at a point where I think the reasonable outcome for him is the second pairing guy who looks better than he is in terms of like impact, like, if you opened up the advanced stats, they might not be as kind in terms of overall impact, but almost all of the micro data for his offensive and transition stuff will be at least decent to serviceable at the very worst to damn to like amazing and probably one of the best in the league at certain traits. If everything goes well, I, there is one problem with his offense that I think a bit, too many people are kind of maybe it's just slipping by the wayside or maybe it's just optimism that i sh i've used this type of logic for other players so i don't even blame them for it uh optimism that the best of what you've seen will continue to work itself out and that the problem is a moot point but there are levels of inactivity and sometimes just straight up weird offensive reads in the ozone where i'm like yeah all right i give players like this a benefit of the doubt more often than not because of the experimentation that comes with being a draft eligible player. I was just saying I locked on Red Wings earlier. Like these guys are not doing this for us. They're not playing out there for us. Like I feel like a lot of fans and a lot of scouts view the draft here as like the culmination of everything that came before. Like when the draft year prospect is, this is what he is at this point, And you got to take what this is and project it outwards. And I don't think that is fair because that is not, that's certainly not what they're thinking. They're out there. I mean, some of them might be, but we can't tell which ones are. And some of them are out there just going like, Oh, I have this weakness in my game and I'm in the NHL draft this year. Maybe I should, you know, fix it or, Hmm. I, I really want to understand how to use this manipulation to open up a certain lane with this given move. So I'm going to try setting up this move a bunch of times and then just playing with it to see how it works and what doesn't work. And then how the defense will re and this takes game repetition after game repetition after game repetition. Cause the way I was, someone mentioned it to me, I was like, just think about like the amount of times, even across a whole season, you get to practice any one given play because you don't get to control often or not. Let's say you want to just not even talk Michikov, just a generic offensive defenseman wants to learn how to step in up to the hash marks off of the left wall and bait one defender out, fake a cutback, and then find a no-look seam in through the middle how often do they get to set this play up? Because they can't do it every single time they're at the left blue line because then it becomes repetitive. And after three, they're going to get shut down every single time because the other coach is going to be like, stop letting them do that. And then they're going to stop letting them do that because of course they are. So how often do these players get to actually practice this? 
in game because that's eventually like it, you can pull it off in practice, but I've seen some of the kids this year who I don't have ranked in practice. They're disgusting. Then they get in game and I don't recognize them. It's like it, what you do in practice doesn't really matter if you can't get it in game repetitions. Cause it's all about finding that mentality in game as well. That muscle memory in game when your brain is also focused on other stuff. So Coming up in a minute, I've got the end of my conversation with Sam about Minchikov, and also we talk a little bit about who the Blue Jackets should draft later today. But first, I've got to tell you about Rock Auto, because with the ever-increasing number of makes and models of cars, it's basically impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why would you enjoy pointless or intimidating questions while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, chooses the brand that their warehouse happens to carry, you've got to wait for them to order the part in, you've got to bring your car back in, you've got to go home, you've got to wait, you've got to go back and get it. It's a whole it's a whole ordeal. You don't need to do any of that because you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home in your pocket. You can save time and money when using rockauto.com. They are a family business. They've been serving DIYers online for over 20 years. And their prices are reliably low no matter who you are. They've got everything from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even things like in your car or truck, you can get Rock Auto sells it. So go explore the Easy Teams website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. See all the parts available for your car or truck. And make sure you write Locked On in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. This long tangent aside, the point is that some of Mishikov's errors offensively may have come from this same process. I didn't pick up on a pattern like I do with some of the other ones of them like, okay, well, they're trying to figure out this under this condition or this under this condition. Like there's one, Callio Delius, who would be an awesome blue jacket, by the way, um, is a defenseman likely to go early second round. Callio Delius is one of my favorite in the whole draft in terms of escaping pressure. He's just amazing at it. And then he can convert unbelievable plays as a result of the pressure he just escaped because he had find so much space. This is actually really Pavel Michikov like with Odelius, there are people rightfully so. Um, Mikhail Holm said it best when he was like, Odelius does two amazing plays and then does something extremely frustrating, and then does two amazing plays and does something extremely frustrating. Uh, he is going to be Michikov is going to be doing kind of the same thing. That's what he was doing this year. More so just figuring out what works, what doesn't work. I just didn't pick up on the pattern on it the same way I did with Odelius. That doesn't mean it's not happening. That doesn't like that. I shouldn't. The big lesson that I've learned in scouting the last two years is like, just because I didn't see it in my sample or pick up on the pattern doesn't mean it's not there. And you have to give benefit of the doubt to the player more than yourself because the players aren't doing this for me. I'm, you, that's how you can get hyper-focused on the wrong stuff. So if Minshikov goes to Columbus, smarter people than me have come up with a plan to make this work. And if he works, oh boy, he's going to be amazing. Like, And I, at the end of the day, if I had to guess, I'm going to say Minshikov's going to work. Let's, uh, let's finish off um, this with, this is probably going to be the last content I do before the actual draft happens in terms of draft content. The Blue Jackets are picking 6th and 12th. Who would you take at 6 and 12? David, you're a check by Ad Lambert. Not that I think 
in terms of preference of better player, I will say it is Brad Lambert in my eyes. But mm. David Juracek is not available at 12. Brad Lambert yeah. likely is. David Juracek, you take if Juracek is on the board because you guys, we discussed this last time, your right-handed depth prospect pool is a little barren. And I don't yeah. normally say BPA is like, like you take the player over the position, but when the player and the position are both there and you know you have no other chance, you know, sometimes you do it. And David Juracek is a sometime you do it. There's two top defenders in this draft. And if you ask me, one's better than the other. And it's the one who will likely be there for Columbus, not the one who goes first. Yeah, you take that's... David Juracek and then you laugh because you got him. That's, that is that is my hope, is right. that Philadelphia does something dumb and uh, we profit. Otherwise, uh, Brad Lambert is going to be my pick for literally everyone who asked me this because he's my, I cannot believe he's going to fall in the draft guy, but maybe I'm just out to lunch on that one. So to give a more reasonable answer, uh, just looking at McKenzie's list and the names in that range, it's not unreasonable that Matt Savoy could be there. Mm-hmm. Kevin Korchinski could be there and that's a little teensy bit too high, but only by a few spots for me. Frank Nazar is really likely to slip, and that's just value at that point. Um, I had him. I had him sixth in my in the the lockdown mock draft. I was like, you know what, F it. I'm going Nazar at yeah. six. Why and not? that's that's not a bad one. Uh, yeah. The other one I'll say is because I will defend these three kids to the day I die. Any of the U Garden kids will be mm-hmm. a great match. Lecker and Mackey is the one that is kind of the hardest sometimes for me to project, which is why he's the lowest of the three, just because highest, like best skating ability, best shot, yada, yada, yada. But, you know, like the actual sometimes in-game processing isn't there in the level that the other two is. So I think if I had to pick out of the three, Liam Olgren, because he's the easiest to project by far, and he just fits what Columbus wants to do most of the time. Like he, he's skill, but he's practical skill. I, I won't go into a big deep breakdown with Liam Ogren. So I'll, I'll just, I'll get back to Liam Ogren and David Juracek will be the yeah, answer. I would not be, I would not be mad about that. I would be an um, unbelievably good draft. Right. Tell all my wonderful listeners where they can find you and your draft coverage as we get into this final week before the draft. So you can find most of my draft coverage at McKean's Hockey. Uh, in, that is a subscription-based service, but it is a subscription worth thinking because then you get to read my stuff as well as other stuff, and you get access to Scouch's stuff early before it gets out there. Plus, all of Scouch's written work mostly ends up on McKean's as well. Um, you can find me personally at Twitter at Sam underscore McGilligan, M-C-G-I-L-L-I-G-A-N. It is also on the screen. I just realized that. Why should be watching this on YouTube, folks. Exactly. Um, <laughs> there's also my Substack. This is typically, this was supposed to be much more than it is, but it's pretty much just turned out to a place where I post my rankings and then dip. Uh, but there is a monster of a write-up coming up for my top 64. Uh, that is way too long and <laughs> will be coming out in the next few days so you can look for that there at sammcilligan.substack.com but it's probably easier to just follow me on twitter because i'm going to spam it anyways and if you are subscribed to mckean's hockey then you can be expecting my lane hudson project to be coming out literally any day now which if this is coming out next week then it's probably already been out and so is the ranking so go over there <laughs> so uh, go find them yeah, go do that. Awesome. Well, uh, yeah, thank you for all of your 
uh, time that you're giving me in this lead up to the draft. We'll have to touch base after the draft, Absolutely. depending on who the Blue Jackets draft, and you can tell me whether it was a, a good idea or a bad idea. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Thank you for having me. And that's all I've got for you today. Uh, like I said, the draft is later today, so I'll be bringing you some coverage for that. Uh, keep an eye on the Twitter, LO underscore Blue Jackets. Keep an eye on my Twitter, underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-R-X-T-E-R. Keep an eye on the YouTube. Keep an eye on the podcast feed. We have got it. We have got all kinds of draft coverage, not just from me, but from everyone here at Locked On. So uh, that's probably going to be tomorrow's show is we'll be talking about the draft we'll talk about who we got uh if there's any trades you know knock on wood there will be uh something happening so we'll keep you up to date on all of that but i've been jay foster if you have comments questions criticisms you can email me at lockedonbluejackets at gmail.com enjoy the draft and uh until tomorrow make sure you stay locked on <laughs>